We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Field of 68. Field of 68 till I die. You got somebody, hey, Jeff, shut up. Hell no. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out for a second. <laughs> this is Alabama coach Nate Oates. And we're not playing. I watch Field of 68's After Dark Show. This is coach Bruce Pearl. I love the Field of 68 After Dark Show. This is Duke head coach John Shire. Check out Field of 68 After Dark. This is Xavier head coach Sean Miller. I highly encourage you to take a look at After Dark. Now listen to you guys every morning when I'm getting ready. This is Field of 68 After Dark. Welcome on into Field of 68 After Dark, powered by Bet Rivers, La Sirius Channel XM84. Rob Doster, Jeff Goodman, Megan McEwen, happy Valentine's Day, fellas. Great to be with you tonight. How else would you rather spend a very important Hallmark holiday? You have to spend it with us. Yeah, lucky me. <laughs> What'd you get me? Um, I'll give it to you Thursday. I'll, I'll buy you a, a maybe a non-alcoholic beverage. There uh, we go. Tonight after our, our Indiana uh, women's basketball game that you will be commentating and I will be... Uh, sitting with my daughter and cheering probably your daughter's been killing it too by the way reporting on the indiana women the second ranked hoosiers on the women's side but we're gonna start this night gentlemen with the big east creighton providence a double overtime win for the friars this one was really interesting down the stretch especially from the standpoint where providence made defensive stops when they had to rob doster our big east expert what was your biggest takeaway from this win I just thought that both of these teams are very, very good. I think both of these teams are good enough to make it uh, to the second weekend. I think Creighton is probably, you know, I've said this over and over again for like the last two or three weeks. I think that they are the best team in the Big East. I think they are the team that's best built for March in this conference. Uh, we saw a little bit tonight with the way that Ryan Nemhard and Trey Alexander were making plays off the bounce. I thought that um, Cal Brenner was really good defensively, but, you know, Providence, you go into that building, they just know how to win. Like, Jeff, we make we make the joke about them being lucky, right? They just know how to win in that place. You know, Bryce Hopkins didn't play great, made the shots he had to make down the stretch. Devin Carter, he was pretty good. Uh, Noah Locke made a bunch of shots. They, they just, they know how to win, and they just find a way to get it done. And, and you know, Ed Cooley's just such a terrific coach. You know, we we make this joke all the time, like, if you're a – if you're a basketball program that is in need of of someone to take over, I don't I don't know why you wouldn't just back up the Brinks truck and see if you could find a way to convince 
Ed to leave there. He's terrific at what he does. If I'm he, listen, if I'm uh, if I'm Georgetown, I, I I tear one out. I give him the blank one, and just Ed fill in whatever the number is, whatever it is, fill it in, baby, fill it in. Everybody right now is pausing their stream. They're zooming in on zooming the screen, trying to figure out exactly what your uh, your, your account and routing numbers are right now. Can we, can we dig and can we clear that out of the books? I think it's <laughs> it's, anyway, a li- it's a little late for all that. Good. It is a little late, but uh, I, I would agree. I mean, listen, uh, they win close games. I mean, they're nine and one in their last ten games, uh, overtime games. They're fourteen and zero at home. Uh, we're not calling it the whatever the hell it is, a Amika Pavilion or something. We're calling it the dunk because that's what it is. And I'm telling you, like, I was at Duke a week ago for the Duke-Carolina game at Cameron. I'm not kidding when I tell you. The dunk is – their student section is as good as the students, the the, the Dukies, the Cameron Crazies. As good. Because wow. they're they're drunker, first of all. They're more drunk, drunker, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, that's number one. Uh, they're meaner, no doubt, not even close, because they're nicer down south. We know that. Um, and and they just only have, think about it, it's such a small school. You've got nearly the entire school at every game. Um, and, and they can all pretty much get in, which is the nice part. But, yeah, Cooley's done an unbelievable job. The fact that he's got this team right now within a game of the Big East regular season title, the lead, when he lost all five starters, all five starters from a Sweet 16 team a year ago at Providence. Well, okay, let's 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 qualify that because Jared Bynum was his best player and Jared Bynum didn't start last year. He brought him off the bench for for multiple reasons. He lost five really good players. Yes, lost five really good players. But that's that's what that's what you can do in the transfer portal era. Right, but like, you need to get lucky. You need to get lucky, and yeah, obviously yeah to a point. Homework. But like, it's also this is it's kind of if you are good at what you do, this is what the expectation should kind of be, right? If you're going to be a program that's going to be successful in this era, where you're going to bring in veterans and you're going to go into the transfer portal, you should be able to find a way. You don't have to win it every year. And with this win, you know, I still think Providence is probably going to end up being like the three or the four seed in the Big East tournament. Um, so they're in the mix. They're a game out of first place, but that's what you should be able to do as one of the best programs in a conference. If you lose three or four guys, three or four key players, three or four starters, five starters, whatever the number is, you should be able to kind of rebuild and reload and get that thing going again. And to his credit, the one thing I will say is he was able to find guys that fit with what he wants to be able to do and kind of fit like his style as a coach, right? He went and he got Noah Locke who could replace A.J. Reeves, that run off a screen, catch and shoot kind of a style. He was able to get another lead guard in Devin Carter, who, by the way, I didn't watch a ton of South Carolina last year. That dude can go. He is a player, man. He is good. Surprised you didn't watch a ton of South Carolina last year. No, I did. I mean, look, you know what? Bad SEC teams, I'm not going to watch them too often. Um, And then Bryce Hopkins. Like, it's, it's wild to think that the best player on Kentucky's team right now is playing for Providence. Like, just think about that. Think where Kentucky would be if they had Bryce. I'm, I'm serious. With what true. Bryce Hopkins no. is doing. Like, and I think about how good Robert. Kentucky would be if they Robert, actually figured out how to use red, it. white game, whatever, uh, the blue, white game, whatever the hell they have. I was there last year and I'm like, this kid's going to be a dude. Mm-hmm. And he never played. And I'm like, what, what are you doing, Cal? He's, he's kind of that, that new age forward, right? That, you know, he doesn't have a true position. 
But that's what works these days. Was he a three? Is he a four? Who gives a shit? You put him in the court and he's just a mismatch. And he just fits. Think about the best players that Providence has had in, in Ed Cooley's reign, right? Whether it's someone like a Ben Bentel, whether it's someone like a LaDante Henton or a Rodney Bullock. Like, he knows how to do th two things. He knows how to get a point guard to be able to make the plays that he needs him to make off the bounce. And he knows how to get one of those mismatched fours and get them into a guy that averages 16 and 10. And that's exactly what Bryce Hopkins is. That's, that's a good team. And, and the most impressive part to me, Megan, is when you bring in transfers, I think the one thing that you kind of risk is having a certain level of expectation for what you're going to get in your new spot and not necessarily living up to it, like role allocation, um, buying, all of those things. These dudes, like, they're there. You watch them play and you watch them interact, and it's like they've been, you know, in that program for three or four years. He, he rebuilt this roster, but the culture and the identity of the team is still there. That's the most impressive thing to me. And it, to that finally point, able to do that. when you're in the transfer portal nowadays, you're in there for maybe 24, 48 hours. You don't, as a coaching staff, have enough time now to do your homework. You're trying to work with little information, but you're kind of taking a chance on these guys nowadays saying, hope it works. No, his numbers are good. No, he's, you know, got potential, but where is that exactly going to lead? I do want to ask you guys this, because I feel like when we look at the Big East Conference as a whole, we have had so many different hot takes throughout this year. First, Back in November, UConn was going to win it all. Doster, the Doster hot take. I the mean, Rob Doster's wearing his UConn jersey on Field of 68 after dark. Mm -hmm. And then you know, Creighton, we're hot on Creighton, then we're not hot on Creighton after they lose six in a row. Kalkbrenner goes out. And now Xavier, you got Pro – but Providence is somebody who has still been able to kind of consistently be in the mix a little bit. Are you surprised – with how this season has shaken out from a standing standpoint, specifically in that top four. I'm shocked that now Marquette could end up winning the damn thing and nobody's Are you kidding, right? Think about it. Like, they're the one that. that slid under the radar all year. Mm -hmm. They could end up winning this thing. And again, the player of the year in the league, if they win it, should be Tyler Kulik. I mean, no doubt about how it. How fun has he been to watch? Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. he's, he's, he's got swagger. Yeah, he, he, he's what teams don't have right now, mm -hmm. which is a, a guy who can set you up and he can also pick his spots and score. But he makes the, the big difference with him, Jeff, is he's able to shoot it this year. He wasn't able to shoot it last year. Now he's a threat to pull you away from the basket. And it's not just Kolick. They, they found a way to modernize what they do. Right. With Oso Iguodaro with the five, they, they they don't have a post guy. You know, last year when they had Kirkwath at the five. They were more that like pressing. We're going to funnel everybody to the rim. We got the shot blocker. We're going to try to force turnovers. That's not really what they do this year. When they want to turn up the pressure, they could do it a little bit, but that's not really what they do. Like Shaka went all in. He hired this guy, Nevada Smith, who was in the G league and was a D three coach for a while. Who's very into this, like threes or layups. And we're going to modernize everything and he's super into stats and efficiency and, um, and, and things like that. And, uh, they they've really like focused you. on yeah they, they, well they've really focused on okay we're going to be a great offensive team and that's not what you ever thought about when you thought of Shaka yeah. right when he was at when he was at VCU it was havoc they were pressing they were trying to force turnovers they were trying to full court press you to death like it was Briante Weber right turnovers 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 making it layups uh, when he was at Texas it was still kind of the same thing and the trouble that he had at Texas was you couldn't run that style without having guys that played in that program for three or four, you need a bigger physical, older, more athletic guys to do it. And it just didn't work at Texas when you had one of Duns and guys that were coming in for a year or two and expecting to get out of there and go to the NBA. 
Now at Marquette, he's found a way to be able to build a system, to build a culture. Here's the scary part about this team, right? They are in first place in the Big East right now, and every single key player on that roster has three years of eligibility remaining. Doesn't every player in the country have three years? Yeah, well, pretty much, but yeah, like that Marquette team could be around. Imagine how good they're going to be in 2024, 25. Like, if they they're going to have like 30 year man. They're going to be my age. Yeah, right. Out there by then, my gosh. Uh, well, it's going to be interesting. Providence takes on Villanova next at home. Let's switch gears now, going to the SEC. Auburn, the Tigers, Jeff Goodman rocking the hat tonight. Uh, held Mizzou to 18 points in the first half of this game and route to a nearly 30 point win at home. Uh, you guys have not been high on Auburn. Doster, let's start with you here. You haven't been high on them. Why? And did this change your mind? Uh, no, not really. You know, my, my issue is that I don't entirely trust their guard play. And I don't think that their bigs are good enough to be able to have the advantage that they had last year. Right. You basically replaced two first round picks with Janai Broom, who's like good, but he's not great. Um, and um, the Williams kid, I'm blanking on his first name. Uh, but, you know, it's the same backcourt. You just don't have two first round picks in the front court. And to me, that's not a um, a recipe for uh, developing an SEC title contender. But they're a good team. Right. It's not like they're not a tournament team. I think that they're a tournament team. I think they're probably like a six, seven, eight, nine, ten seed, something in that range. You win a game in the tournament. You're probably feeling pretty good about your season. So um to me this was a combination of one they finally started hitting some shots right i think they shot 50 percent from three today and then yeah. two it's just a matchup thing um missouri does not have a lot of size inside jeff and Janai broom got a double double uh blocked a couple shots and and they were able to take advantage of that mismatch in the paint which allowed them to basically play the way that they played last season i think that's why they thrived against missouri here to me this was kind of a more of a matchup thing than proof that like auburn you know, they lost five of their last six for, I know they were close games, but they lost five of their last six for a reason. Listen, when, when your second best win, Megan, and this is no disrespect to your father, um, is against wow. Northwestern, then you're in trouble. Then you're in trouble right now. And and give Northwestern credit. They've been great lately. They're second in the Big Ten right I now, know. Jeff. Come on now. I know, I know, no, no, I know. No team in the country. We've got kids storming the floor. Things are exciting in Evanston right now. Come on. Listen, I I, I got you. I don't want to respect the the, the family or anything like that. Man. But you 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 again, like Rob said, it's about guard play. It's they made shots tonight. Guys like Katie Johnson made shots tonight that they normally don't make. Wendell Green, he can be great one game um, and, and look like he's playing for the other team the next. Um, so I, I think they're hard to judge, but ultimately their resume was very, very unimpressive. And they got a really good win and a convincing win tonight against a Missouri team that, frankly, you know, it's funny. We, we talked to Bruce and we're going to have him coming up here in a minute, but he's raving about the SEC and I just don't see it other than Alabama. I see a bunch of mediocre teams and some really bad ones at the bottom. Really bad. Mm -hmm. so one, one last point I want to make real quick on Auburn. We just talked about Providence for 10 minutes on the show. We raved about the fact that they have Jared Bynum and Devin Carter in the backcourt, right? Two guards that are really good, really good decision makers that really understand what they're supposed to be doing in a certain system that aren't going to make mistakes that burn you. Auburn's guards, 
I don't know if you can necessarily say the no, same thing. they're not. And they're it's part of the reason why, if you look at, yeah, yeah, we mentioned this in the interview, four of their last five games were losses that were basically one possession games. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, there's a reason why those two things go hand in hand. We've been talking about this interview long enough. Let's just get to it right now. Coach Pearl. Bruce Pearl of the Auburn Tigers joining us now. And coach, I'm with the two biggest Auburn haters on the planet between Jeff Goodman and Rob Doster. I'm just excited you decided to join us tonight. Man, listen, they're just out there doing their jobs. And, you know, the only reason why they're 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 like known as Auburn haters is they just, you know, they're just they, they're not sold on our team this year. And that's their job. And, uh, you know, we got some real weaknesses. But but and then our fans, our fans are at it. You know, then they're going back and forth. Look, uh, I'm I'm proud of our team because of a couple of things. Obviously, we played great tonight. We'll get to that in a second. But even going on the road to A&M and being in the last possession, going on the road to West Virginia, last possession, going on the road to Tennessee, last possession. I know we didn't finish, but you got to have a pretty good group, pretty good chemistry, pretty good toughness to be able to go on the road to those places and 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 have a chance and so i know we got their respect they just don't think we're that good a team (laughs) well i might change my tune tonight you guys uh like you mentioned four of your last five losses had been by basically one possession games some of them ended up six eight points but they were basically one possession games then you turn it around tonight missouri a good team a tournament team you beat them by i think the final score was what 33 40 whatever it was what happened tonight how did it click you know, we, 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 it's been difficult because our guys were discouraged. They've been playing better basketball and, and losing, and that's just no fun. And then, so, but I was like, look, we're, we're playing pretty well. Here's what we got to do against Missouri. Um, they're great offense. Um, but I said, look, when we hold teams under 73, um, we win 17 and one. We held Northwestern to 42. Northwestern's a good team. They're a great defensive team. I'm so happy for them as well. Um, so we can guard. And when you give your guys saying, look, you want to control your destiny? Do you, you, want, you want to get to the tournament? Then we got to guard, period. And our principles obviously bothered Missouri. We had a great defensive game plan. Um, now, look, Missouri had to travel home from Tennessee on Saturday. They were probably feeling really good about their victory. They had to travel Monday. That's a short turnaround for them. So that was an advantage for Auburn. Bruce, I, I was just never bought in completely and sold that you were a top 25 team. Usually you play a great non-conference. It didn't shape up as a great non-conference this year. I, I give you right. credit always when it's due. And I just felt like there were a lot of good mid-majors, not great ones. that were big time resume wins. You really didn't have that on your, on your, on your plate. Tell me why you might be able to get this thing going and be dangerous in March. Well, Jeff, if if we can continue to guard like regarding, if Janai Broom and Dylan Cardwell can be as dominant inside. Now, look, Missouri, that's not their strength. So we took advantage of their weakness. And then if we can make shots, I mean, look, we we made nine threes tonight. We shot it well, and that's a, that's a real key for us. And we we uh, that you know, look, that, that's what we got to do: keep guarding, keep being dominant on the boards, and make some open shots. And then Wendell Green. You know, Wendell didn't make shots tonight, but he was a great distributor. Guys were unselfish. We didn't turn the ball over. All right. The, the biggest question of the interview, what did you get your wife for Valentine's Day today? You know what? Chocolate and flowers and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it's it's not – for us, it's not about that, right? It's it's just – it's not about that. Um, 
No, man, it was, uh, it was, it was great. My staff were doing a great job. Um, the, 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 the home court advantage is real at the jungle. This is a great, great environment. And look, you, you go through the SEC. I mean, Jeff, I, I mean, it's like, it's like every night, you know, um, you know, look, look at, look at where some of the really good teams that are, look at Arkansas or Kentucky or, you know, or us and, 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 I'm kind of in the middle of the league. I mean, it's Bruce, like, how good is Alabama? Are they? I know you shouldn't be saying this because you're at Auburn. Is Alabama taking taking your your you know bias of SEC bias aside? Are they the best team in the country, especially when they play their A game? Yeah, I think they are. Look, I want to beat Alabama more than anybody. I mean, period. But they've got the best roster. They got the best talent. Nate Oates is a great coach. Nobody's ever doubted that. They're playing defensively. They're playing unselfishly. Um, they got protection at the rim. They got guys that can shoot it. Sears makes a huge difference. You know, Jaden Bradley's way better freshman when people are the best. They got they got it all. They really they got depth, and depth gives you leverage. Well, coach, I also, by the way, I think the best thing you could have gotten your wife was a win. So, so you did that tonight as well. So congratulations on a big Megan, one. Thank you nice. so much. <laughs> I, hey, man, I should have come up with that. Come hey, on now, coach. Here's the other thing. Valentine's, Valentine's Day is not over yet. There you go. There you go. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Always great catching up with you. Best of luck along the way. I don't hate you guys. You guys do a great job. You got a great show. Don't worry about Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate Thanks, it, Bruce. Man. Always, always a good time talking to coach. He was very happy to see your hat immediately upon us starting the interview. Uh, but wrapping up here on Auburn, you know, what do you think this team's ceiling is as we get towards March, Jeff? Uh, maybe one tournament win, I would say. I don't think they're going to get much more than that. I guess if Wendell Green catches fire for a couple games, maybe they get to a Sweet 16. And Bruce is such a good coach that it's hard to, to completely discount them. But, you know, to me, I honestly think they are they were going in the, the game tonight, they were on the bubble. I know the numbers don't say that, but when I really look at the resume, I say that they were a bubble team going into this game. And now, you know, they should be on the 10 seed line. Most people probably have them in the eight, you know. Eight no, they were, they were a 10 seed heading into today, according to fielding the 68, which kind of puts you in that, it's pretty close to the bubble. You're probably like one of like the last, what six teams in? Yeah, yeah you like can that. a bad run. You're you're on the wrong side. If you want to know how messy uh, our fielding the sixty eight bracketologists like to get, uh, if the field were to be what it was uh, in our latest mock bracket, Duke and Auburn would be playing a seven ten game in Baylor's region. Wow. That'd be fun. Wow. I wouldn't complain about that one. That would be a good. One. <laughs> Not only would that be good, it's a great transition because we're about to talk about Duke and the Blue Devils had a, a big win tonight over Notre Dame. Um, and Coach K's first game back to Cameron Indoor since retiring. Um, I mean, look, I feel like we've talked about Kyle Filipowski a ton throughout you know this season, but he really has been putting up great numbers pretty consistently for a freshman, Jeff. Yeah, except last game. Last game, he, he put up the goose egg and they went right to him first play of this game. He should have had he should have had two points. I'll tell you that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he should have had two in the last game. He oh, got yeah. none. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yes, yes. The ref the, the ref screwed him out of two. That's for sure. Um, and and I think, you know, again, you could see Shire went right to him to make sure it kind of get his confidence back up. And he's so important to them. 
They won with their defense again. I mean, Notre Dame's not good. We know that. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about Mike Bray and his future. But, um, you know, this is a grinder win. Duke's going to have to do that. And to me, the biggest story was Coach K finally showing up for a game. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was at St. John's last week um, with his buddy, Mike Craig, who's the AD at St. John's, was at Duke for 30 years as an administrator. And uh, tonight he shows up. I guess it was for Mike Bray. And maybe that's the deal right now is he's only going to show up for games. Well, well, I don't know. Go ahead. I got I to. I'm not super into all conspiracy theories, yeah. but Duke related conspiracy theories. I tend to be into them. What happened at the end of that Virginia game? Do you guys they remember? By the officials. They got screwed because the officials were more intimidated by the Virginia fans than they were by who was on that Duke sideline. One game later, Coach K showing up to let the officials know, hey, look, I'm still part of this Duke program. That young guy on the bench, I know he looks like he's a high school junior, but I got his back. I'm still here. I'm he's still part of Duke. I still, I, still got the, the, I still got the D right there on my shirt. I still got that Nike chat right there on the other side. And I I still do. You me. should be, you should be afraid of me. That's what it was. It was a shot, shot across the bow to the officials. Looked like the Godfather on the last shot by Mark yeah. Mitchell, showing zero emotion mm -hmm. whatsoever. Uh, while his wife is cheering, he's just kind of stone faced. And uh, well, that's what it was. He's pissed. You think he wanted to be there on Valentine's Day? You think he? <laughs> you think he really wanted to be there on Valentine's Day? I was waiting. Right? Hey, I was waiting for him to get up. And do a kumbaya, get with it with the Cameron crazies, like Roy would have been. Roy and Wanda, uh, get get <laughs> Coach K out there singing hey, dancing. Roy would have been in the student section, doing like a swag and a surf. Right, that's what he would have been doing. I no, wanted, look, I Coach K had it. to intimidate those refs, man. One last time, he had to get there. He had to let them know. That's what it was. You know, to that point, though, are you guys surprised that it has taken this long for Coach K to come back to a game at Cameron Indoor? I had heard it wasn't going to happen all year. That was kind of the word you were getting was it, it probably wasn't going to happen all year. I don't understand it. And one of the reasons that I kept being told was, well, it's so hard at Cameron, so hard to get him in and out. And I'm like, that's a crock of shit. Like, come on. If they want to get him in and out, they can get him in and out, in and out. He can be the last one in and the first one out and put him like they did tonight, the closest to the locker room and nobody gets near him. Listen, we can't get near him at the damn peach gym. We can't get near him. He's insulated there by, by his assistant coaches when he goes. So trust me, they can insulate him at Cameron or anywhere. Yeah, I, I just, I understand people have different ways of, of doing it in retirement. Personally, I enjoy watching the Roy Williams and Wanda Williams way a lot more because they look like they're having a blast out there. It's fun. I just think it's funny that you think you can't get next to Coach K at uh, Peach Jam, but Adam Zagoria every year scoots right next to him. <laughs> I, listen, I have feel. I have I have more feel. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go up to Coach K when he has no desire to talk to me. <laughs> no, no one has any desire to talk to you, Goodman. That's the, that's the thing you don't understand. When you're at Peach Jam, every single one of these coaches is like, "Oh man, what Goodman's coming." Uh, pretend you're busy. Pretend you're. Scouting. I haven't taken out a notebook notes. in ten years at the beach. <laughs> so I know. Hey, did you break your news on Mike Bray yet? Did we get did there? I break, did I break my news? Well, yeah. you broke did, news. Did you I I I dropped my phone practically when I read that tweet. Mike Bray is retiring, but he's not retiring from basketball. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, listen. He 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 went in 
from what I was told, he went into um, Jack Swarbrick, the AD's office, um, a month ago, whatever it was, um, and, and they basically just kind of had a kumbaya moment. And Mike was like, you know what? Yeah, we're not getting it done. Jack's like, no, kidding. We're not getting it done. And Mike was like, all right, you know what? I think it's time. He understood it was the best thing for Notre Dame to move forward, mm -hmm. right? But he also understands that he wants to coach some more. And I think, you know, this may motivate him a little bit more. You know, the, the big thing, I don't know if he can get Georgetown or St. John's or one of those jobs. He's, he's probably down the list a bit where, you know, five, six years ago, he probably could have gotten either of those jobs. Um, Georgetown, who knows, because of the, the minority factor, are they going to hire a black coach or not? But if they don't go that route and, and they went, to me, they could go with Mike Bray and, and, and he was super hot five or six years ago. He's not that anymore. He's not. So I don't know if he can get it anymore, but, you know, listen, guys want to retire on their own terms. I'm all for it for Mike Bray. I think he's one of the best human beings that's ever done this. And and I think everybody would admit that. You don't hear a bad word about Mike Bray. Um, what he's got to do, honestly, wherever he goes, is, is upgrade his staff. That's what he's got to do. Yeah. Field of 68 After Darks. Powered by Bet River, Sirius Channel, XM84, Rob Doster, Jeff Goodman, Megan McEwen with you this evening. Uh, moving on to the Big 12, the best conference in college basketball right now. Kansas, Oklahoma State played tonight. They played back on New Year's Eve. Kansas won by two at home. This time you're on the road against Oklahoma State. And, and the Jayhawks, they looked good. They looked really good. Grady Dick looked great. He has all year long. Rob Doster, uh, is this Kansas team... Are they starting to look like what we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year as this dominant team in the Big 12? Well, they got 26 points from Grady Dick, and they got 15 points from 15 points and eight assists from Kevin McCullough, who I think he went down with an injury late in the game. I, I don't know if we, we got to keep an eye on that one. Um, but the issue has been it's Jalen Wilson and nobody else, right? Yeah. Where else do they get offense from? Where else do they get any kind of creation from? Where else do they get someone that can go uh, make a shot when they need a shot? Right. And tonight, DeJuan Harris didn't even play great. But when you got Grady Dick playing the way that he was playing and you got Kevin McCullough playing the way that he's playing. And I want to put it in perspective, too. They scored 87 points on the road against an Oklahoma State team that is really, really good and has been really, really good in the Big 12. They were seven and one this season when Musa Cisse, the defensive player of the year, when he played, they were 0 and four when he didn't play. This was a team that entered the day in the top four nationally in adjusted defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. Like they went and Kansas went on the road. They've been struggling and they put up 87 points on this Oklahoma state team with their star center on the floor. Like that is a really, really impressive performance. And one that I didn't necessarily see coming. And if we're going to get that Grady Dick and we're going to get this Kevin McCuller, then we need to have a very different conversation about what this Kansas team is going to be this year. Is Grady Dick the national freshman of the year, Jeff? Brandon Miller would argue with that, but he's second. He's second. He's the, he's the second best freshman. And the biggest thing for me over the last week or so for Kansas has been, you know, when Jalen Wilson hasn't had his best games, they found ways to win. That's the biggest thing. We talked about it all year. It's like Jalen and what else, right? They're so limited offensively. You know, KJ's kind of bounced back a little bit. Again, Grady's been pretty good. McCullough had a typical Kevin McCullough night tonight. And, like, DeWan Harris can have one of those nights like he had tonight if everybody else is is contributing. 
and their bench, Yesifu had eight points tonight. Um, the two bigs combined for for four off the bench. At least they're getting something out of their bench. There were times where they were getting absolutely zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look, honestly, I I don't I don't look too much at the bench when it comes to what can a team do in March, right? It's mostly how good is your starting five and do you have pieces to fill in when somebody needs a blow or if someone gets in foul trouble, right? If I mean, we talked about Creighton. They basically play five guys. We talked about uh, Providence. How like how deep do they really go? Um, I don't think you necessarily have really deep bench. You just need someone that can come in there and give you some minutes if you need those minutes. And I do think that what we've seen from Ernest Uday and from uh, Zubi and Gio 4 like they, those guys are at the point now where they can get it done. And look, as much as we've talked about Kansas and as much as we said, I don't know if I trust Dewan Harris. I don't know if Grady Dick can be that guy. I don't know this. I don't know that. Well, before going on the road and beating Oklahoma State, who was an eight seed coming into today, who was a top 30 team on Kempom, who was one of the best teams in the Big 12, who was currently a game or came into today, a game out of first place in the loss column. Kansas was already a number one seed. And now they're tied for first place in the Big 12. They're 21-5. and five. So for all the criticisms and questions that we have for losing three in a row and four out of six at one point this year, like, man, they're still pretty damn good. That's yeah. still Kansas. They're still Bill Self on that sideline. Like, I, what do they need on the floor? Serious question. What do, they, what do they have to do on the floor for us to be like, Bill Self's on the sideline? Nah, I'm off. I'm off Kansas. I'm off. Like, I don't think uh, – we could run out there. You, Megan, you could run point. You got me and Jeff on the wings. You got Dagan at the five. And I'm pretty sure. You got Dagan at the five? I'm pre- we got Dagan at the five. And I'm pretty Dagan sure. You have me until Dagan at the five. Well, here's the thing, Goodman. We can't put you at the five because you're soft. Okay. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Me at the five. Me at the five. Dagan's got a Philly streak in him, right? Yeah. Me at the five. That's true. You got me at a good week. still crying. You got me at a good week. crying from his Eagles last night. Which, by the way, bullshit penalty call ended the game. Thank you, Megan. I'm with you, Megan. Wow. Wow, Megan. Tell me how you really feel. This is a Kansas section. We're doing a Kansas segment right now, and you're you're sitting here, and you're saying the Chiefs shouldn't have won the Super Bowl? Yeah, I got – here you go. I got my – Right behind me. It's still absurd that really you really the that, wildcat who Jeff Goodman insulted earlier today. It's still absurd that Rob put me at the five, but I, I, I digress. Here you go. No, look, Bill Self plays small ball five, yeah. so we put the smallest player we got at the five. I'm about to say I'm the smallest guy at this company. How <laughs> tall are you? Six foot. Yeah, we got a lot of tall people. He'd be a fine five. He'd be fine. He's, yeah. he's, you know, he's switchable. I, I mean, whatever. Okay. I'll take it. That's he fine. is switchable. At least, I'm, right. at least I'm on the court. I'll take he it. He may be switchable in another way soon. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God. Shots fired here. Okay. Hey, the point being, though, you know, it, it's so easy for us to, you know, get freaked out about a team like Kansas. But at the end of the day, like you mentioned, Rob, for them to go on the road against one of the top defensive teams in the big 12 and had this kind of performance it's going to go on and show you well that's what one seeds do that's what championship teams do they can have that type of slip but still get back on track and it doesn't completely derail a season yeah Speaking and of- uh and, and one last note they went on the road they beat oklahoma state by 11 tonight uh on saturday they went on the road they beat oklahoma by 23 tonight and the same oklahoma team in the same building that beat kansas state by i don't i, I think the final was like 15 14, yeah. 14, yeah. Here's here's lot. what I'll say about all that is Bill Self has done this so many times before that it's just about peaking at the right time now. 100%. Trying to get in, right? Other yeah. guys are like, 
Mike Boyne's just trying to get in the tournament. John Shire is just trying to get his team right, get in the tournament. Bill Self, listen, he's not worried about that. He's worried about when he gets in, his team playing its best basketball, roles figured out by then. He was trying to figure out everything earlier in the season. You know, how he can play, you know, it's been an adjustment for him. Think about it. He's used to playing with two bigs, or, or at least one, and, and now he goes where he doesn't have any, and, and he's got an undersized big. So it's been an adjustment, and again, to me, you never count Bill Self out, and and, and Sean Miller said it best last year, all year, he's he's the best coach in the, in the game right now, him and Patino. Yeah, it's no, it's it's honestly insane that this group, with what they lost and who was on this roster, he's going to find a way. Like he just the the craziest the, the can they, the last can one they go back to back, Rob? Can they go back to back? Will like like do they have a legitimate shot of winning six straight? If this Grady Dick, you don't even need a Grady Dick that's going to get you twenty six. You need Grady Dick that's going to average fourteen. 18. 18. Yeah. Yeah, you need a Kevin McCullough that is a double-figure scorer that's averaging five or six assists and is playing lockdown defense, right? You need the Dewan Harris that is playing confidently. That team, yeah, I mean, yeah, they could do it. My, even my if they don't have one of those, Rob, even if one of those things doesn't happen, like Dewan Harris tonight, he has five points. If the other things all happen, they can win every game. Now, again, it, it, it's when two or three of those things don't happen that they just can't score enough points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my, that's, that's the concern with them, yeah. but in a year where there is nobody that you're necessarily afraid of, this goes for everybody in college basketball. I made this point the other day with Creighton, right? There's nobody in the sport that you're afraid of. There's no team that is like head and shoulders above everyone else. I know that the metrics are kind of saying that a little bit with Houston. I think that has a lot to do with the fact that Houston is able to run up the score a little bit more in some of yeah. these games in their conference than, than some of these other teams are. Um, there's nobody that's head and shoulders above the rest of America. There's no 2021 Baylor. There's no 2018 Villanova. There's no 2009 North Carolina. There's no 2012 Kentucky this year. There's no 2015 Kentucky. There's a bunch of good teams, a bunch of old teams, a bunch of teams that have 23 and 24 year olds. And Kansas has got a bunch of old guys that can go make some plays. They can do it as well as anybody this year. But I bet on it. Probably not. But I think they can at the right time. Mm-hmm. And that's what matters at the end of the day is if you're going to peak at the right time or your roles define and is everybody going to buy in once you get to March? Cause that's all that matters at the end of the day. Uh, I do want to get to OU for a moment because they had not won a game since beating Alabama. Who's now ranked number one in the country. And that was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Boomer sooner beats Kansas state at home set by 14, not to mention a very good Kansas state team. Good men. What's going on with the Sooners? Hold on. You, you buried the lead on that. Like you didn't, you didn't emphasize how crazy this is. They came into tonight having lost seven of their last eight with the one win being a 30 point win over the over Alabama. The country. Right. Right. I mean, think what? about that. What? Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think it, it, it's as much about Oklahoma as it is about Kansas state and, and Kansas state. They've been so good and they were so good for the, you know, they were 17 and two at one point, right? Yeah. 17 and two. They got out to such a good, you know, and again, the non-conference, they weren't playing a ton of great teams. So they built up their swag a little bit there. And then you get into the the heart of a big 12 play. They get that the win against Kansas at home that Rob and I were at in, in Manhattan, but then you get to, you know, big 12 play and you get hit a little bit, right? You lose at Hilton Coliseum. Uh, you, you you have to go to Kansas, right? Mm-hmm. Texas beats you at home. Mm-hmm. Then you got to go to Lubbock last game. 
and play a, a, a Texas Tech team that's getting healthier, that's hungry, they're embarrassed. And now you get Oklahoma, who's also, they have talent. Like you put Oklahoma in, I don't know, put them in. Uh, Say the SEC because that's where they're going. Yeah, okay, so put them in the SEC. <laughs> there you put go. them in the SEC. They're they're in the middle somewhere. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. They're in yeah. the middle. So, again, it's not a horrible loss losing it at Norman. Um, I, I just think – It's a quad one loss. Kansas it's a quad State one loss. Think about that. Overrated. It's a quad one loss. They were overrated, but they had won the games to warrant being rated where they were. You just knew they were – them and Iowa State, you kind of knew they were going to fall a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the secret's out a little bit because Marquise Noel is – when you're five foot seven, you, you can be, like, game planned for a little bit, right? Like It, it just was what amazing it to see him in person, Rob. Yeah. When we saw that him in person, weren't you like, holy shit, he is – he's tight. Yeah. I mean, you, you can kind of game plan – against smaller players like that. I think it's also important to note they won four overtime games. They're four yeah. and one OT. Like they're basically each one of those one possession games. You hate when people say this, but it's a little bit of a coin flip. There's a little bit of, of luck involved with winning close games like that. They could all have gone the other way. And we could have the very same conversation about this Kansas state team at 15 and 10. So I still think that they're good. I still think they're a threat, but I think that they are coming back to earth a little bit now. Uh, Having lost these two games, it's the wrong time for them because here's their here's how they finish up the season, right? Or here's their next week. Iowa State, Baylor, Oklahoma State. That's their next three games. Like, good luck. Big 12, it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Do our home thing play for them. But to that point, it's like, did they peak too early? You see what they did in yeah, 2022? It's, it's kind of... You know what? Probably yes, early, but that's if, because they snuck up on some people. Like when, when you tournament, it's a hell of a year. Like if you had told yeah. anybody mm-hmm. going into the season yes. that Kansas State would get into the tournament, you would have been like, "Holy crap, that's incredible!" I said that they would. I, I thought that they would get in the tournament. I, I would like to still see it. that. I did. I, I'll send up. you the Big Twelve preview. Yeah, but like that, I didn't think that they would be this good. Like I was thinking, like they first four, right? And they're way better than four. Where, where do we have them right now? On fielding the sixty-eight, I think they're like a four. They're a three seed, so they're a lock. They're right. getting in. They can probably out fall to a four now, and they'll probably yeah. end up being a five or a six. Yep, which is yeah, great. Oh, it's an amazing. You know what? Oh, look, amazing. we're gonna we're gonna talk about it a little later. Like where Jerome Tang like ranks in your you know coach of the year conversations. Uh, he's done a hell of a job this year, considering the fact no one was talking about Kansas State, who, by the way has the best jerseys, I think, in college basketball right now. I you love like the light purple. I love the light purple. Yeah, they're, 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 it's they're sick. sick. It's pretty yeah. cool. Those the guys. ones they wore tonight? Those? Yeah, yeah the tonight. light purple ones with, like, the dark purple lettering. Yeah. And, then, like, the dark purple outline. Yeah, oh, yeah, those are, those, yeah are, those are sick. All right, who else? So you said they might have the best. Who else is in that rank for the best jerseys that you've seen, Megan? I'll tell you who had the worst jersey tonight, Wisconsin. I hate that jersey. It's black yeah. with the like. Yeah. It's not good. That's gonna you know who's got elite jerseys? The baby Ew. blue Marquette jerseys. Those are sick. Yeah, the baby with blue the, Marquette ones are really nice. Yellow navy checker pattern down the side. I mean, like I it's hard like the... to. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I like the throwback ones that have the script too. Like Duke has script 
script throwback jerseys. Kansas has script th- throwback jerseys. The Michigan State ones that just say state in the cursive lettering, those are really nice too. Yeah. On Am that I allowed note, to say that to you as a Northwestern fan? Am I allowed to say of that? Of course you can't, but you know, you just in general, thinking about everybody affected by the Michigan State terrible atrocity that happened last night. So I know that hits close to home for a lot of people. So we're thinking about them. Um, let's switch gears for a moment to New Mexico State. I know Goodman, you've been reporting on this, done a great job on it. Greg Heyer has gotten fired amid an investigation into the team. There have been allegations of three players. He's a younger team member. You know, what has developed over the course of the last couple of days? Yeah, I mean, basically what happened was um the father of the the player found out about everything and uh and reached out to hire hire didn't even respond to him uh he then spoke to the athletic director um and then he decided i'm going to go to the police and um you know trying to protect his son because this has happened it started about a week or two after the incident in which mike peak killed the new mexico student um in self-defense but killed a student and this hazing situation started and according to multiple sources that I've talked to, it was basically these three players telling this kid to take off his, his clothes and doing things to him. Um, you know, obviously embarrassing things, um, and with the whole team watching and just disgusting, like absolutely despicable things. Uh, and, and I hope these kids' names come out soon. If they don't, I'm going to put it out. I will put them out because they deserve to have their names out there. I haven't yet. I think they'll get out there at some point here soon as the investigation uh, continues. And all the players have now, most of them have been questioned. And um, So Greg Heyer gets fired. And, you know, listen, he never should have been hired in the first place. And, and to be honest, um, you know, this is a guy who, who worked for Greg Marshall. When Greg Marshall, when he, they were at Wichita, hire was his assistant. When Greg Marshall punched a player named Shaq Morris, punched a player. So I was going through this whole deal and reporting on it three years ago and called about 50 people. Greg Hire was one of them because I was told by several players that were there that Greg Hire was right there. He saw the, the punch. So I called Hire and asked them, said, Greg, you know, first of all, you know, you didn't do anything back then. I said, so, you know, love to talk to you on or off the record. Now you saw the incident, you saw the punch. What, what happened? Wouldn't even, wouldn't say anything to me, you know, and this is, you know, come on, man. Like even off the record, you can't go there. You can't go there and at least confirm that. Yes, that did happen. Wouldn't, wouldn't say anything. So I lost all respect for a man and obviously how he's handled everything within this program now. Um, not that I had any respect for him at that point, but um, just a joke, a joke of, of, of how you can be a leader of men or anything like that. Like, no, you shouldn't work around kids. You're done. You're done. You should be done forever. Yeah, the, the thing about the situation for me is that, um, Greg Heyer should like he was lucky that he still had a job, right? Because think about think about the situation that happened in the road trip to New Mexico. 
he had players getting a brawl at New Mexico State, New Mexico football game when they were in the stands. When they went to New Mexico, this kid, Mike Peak, was so concerned about being on that campus that he had to bring a gun with him on the road trip. Let me say that again. He went on a team road trip and brought a gun with him because he was worried about being confronted. Then he was catfished and brought out of the room um, by a girl that he was supposed to meet, and he was jumped by these players while he was carrying the gun with him at 3 o'clock in the morning on the campus of the, the, the team that they were about to play. Gets in a fight, gets jumped, ends up shooting and killing somebody. Then they tried to... Uh, they tried to cover some of that stuff up, right? Part of it was like they were hiding some of the techno technology, some of the devices that they had. Part of it was um, not being forthcoming with where the weapon was, trying to get the players out of town and out of the program and back on their own campus <coughs> on the team bus. There's a video of Greg Heyer telling a police detective, like, I don't know how to contact a player on my team. I don't know how to get in touch with them. And also saying right. I barely know the player. I, you yes. know, I've, I've only known him for a little bit. Come on, man. Like, uh, the, you, he was lucky to survive. Like, he shouldn't have survived that. No. If, no. if you're a coach and that happens in your program, like, you shouldn't survive. You had a player bring a gun on a road trip. What are we even talking about? And then you didn't and you use it. Job. It's, it's then how you, you handled everything post that. Like, that can happen to your program. But again, mm -hmm. after the brawl, there was nothing done. Like, and then how about, I mean, I'm, I'm told also that something's going to happen. The three players who picked up Mike Peak in the Camaro, there's there's going to be something that happens to them soon, I'm, I'm told as well. There'll be some, um, I, I don't know what the punishment will be, but those three kids. Like the, and, yeah, that, and those were, that those were three different kids. The, so you got Mike Peak, you got the three kids who picked him up the Camaro. These three? They don't overlap at all. These are three different kids who did the hazing. Mm -hmm. And here's and here's the biggest thing. They finished the season. They were two and ten in their conference. They were nine uh, and fifteen worse, overall. Worse than that. Well, they, they're two and ten, and then they're going to forfeit all the other games. So they'll oh, end up two and sixteen. Right. right at New Mexico State. Do you know how hard it is to be that bad in New Mexico State? It's traditional right? best job. Yeah. Yeah, last years. year, last year, Christians had New Mexico State at twenty-seven and seven, and they beat uh, they beat somebody in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I don't remember. Been, who. We don't need. Might've we been. don't need to have. We don't have need, need to have a conversation about that. You know, I got a little little too much PTSD coming from that year. Before that, they were twelve and eight. They uh, they lost in the finals of the WAC tournament. Year before that, they were twenty-five and six, and the tournament got canceled. Right. Year before that. They made the NCAA tournament and they lost to Auburn in the first round. Year before that, they were in the NCAA. Like this is hey, Rob, going you know to the tournament. To do now? You win you the whack in New Mexico State. You know what they got to do? Get rid of everybody. I like the idea. I like Mario, but the other part is, and I don't know if you know this, Megan. The women's coach was at Wichita State, and she was fired at Wichita State, and he took her at New Mexico State. So yeah. this is this is a program issue. And to me, what you got to do now is absolutely just cut bait with everything and start over and get a coach in there who can bring in a, a completely different outlook, high character kids, a high character coach who's never had any issues. You know, a guy like a Tim Miles would be great for New Mexico State. He's at San Jose State. Never had any issues, really. 
he'd be good at a place like that if he'd even take it. But but somebody like that, that's what you need. A New Mexico State, New Mexico rivalry game between Richard Patino and Tim Miles. Oh, yeah. On Fox Sports One, mic'd up, all access. Content does not get better than that, ladies and gentlemen. The content does not get better than that. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk it into existence. Manifesting. We're manifesting right here. Manifesting. But you know, at the end of the day, well, first off, my father's first head coaching job ever was at New Mexico State. Really? No. Took him to the NCAA tournament, then he went to George Washington afterwards. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So we're sitting here mansplaining how good New Mexico State is to Megan, and she's just sitting here like, oh, I. I know, guys. So, so, all right. The question then, Megan, when he was there, was this the perception? Have you talked to him about this, uh, about New Mexico State and what it was like then? Yeah, I, I never did. But I actually, we haven't talked about it. And that's a good point. Obviously going to be a conversation um, we'll have to have. But I, from what I know, it, it was a great job, though, from the standpoint of like, you can win that conference and you can, you know, you can get kids in. Yeah. which is so important. But yeah. at the end of the day, as the coach of a daughter, as the fiance of a coach, you are in charge of taking care of young men and women, no matter what, where you are. And so if you're not going to do that, like, yes, it's about X's nose. You got to win games, but you're taking care and you're developing people in a very vulnerable state. And if you're not going to do that, what are you doing? And it's so important. It's on the athletic directors to really do their homework when you are going to hire the next person in charge, are they going to be a high character person, especially after all the shit that's happened here? You have to get somebody in that has a clean record that's going to be up to snuff and is not going to deal with this BS because this should have never happened. Ever. It should have never gotten this far. It should have stopped in November when that situation happened. So the fact that it was able to progress and spiral out of control is absolutely inexcusable. And, it, and it's a blemish, not only on the university, but in a sense on the conference as well. Like, this isn't looking on. I feel so bad. I feel so bad for the poor kid. Yeah. That, that's, that's the part that's getting lost in this. And movie. he probably wouldn't have come forward if his father didn't take charge of it. Right. No, and it just, it's never a situation. You're vulnerable as a new freshman on a team or as a younger player on a team. And you want everyone to like, you're trying to fit in. Like, and it's to me, that's, that's the biggest thing, right? Like, if you have... If you have a player that's going to do what Mike Peak did and you're the coach, right? Like some of that's on you for taking a chance of bringing the player in. Um, yep. But it's also, it's once they're kind of out of your practices, right? Like how much can you really control what a player does? But this was happening, like the, the hazing stuff was happening in his own locker room. You have to know that. And you do know some of it, yes. can, some of it guys happen outside of the locker room. Now, maybe not to the level but it, like, okay. So it's not in your, but it's, it's in your program. No, no, no. I'm agreeing team. with you. You have to know that you have in your that, locker room. That's inexcusable to me. Not having that knowledge is inexcusable to me. If Mike Peake's going to do what he does, like there's only so much you can do as a coach, right? There's only so much that you can do, but the, the, the hazing stuff, you have to know that hazing is unacceptable to me. It is. No, it is. Can't. So we'll keep close eyes on that moving forward with Jeff Goodman, Rob Doster. I'm Megan McEwen. This is Field of 68 After Dark. Thanks for joining us on Sirius XM Channel 84. We'll see you soon. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let me tell you guys about our sponsor for today's episode, Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 a few weeks back. When we get in the middle of college hoop season, it can be hard for me to eat and drink as healthy as I probably should be, especially in late February and March when the schedule gets really busy. But I found that I've felt better as I've made AG1 a part of my daily routine. I take AG1 in the afternoons after the coffee is worn off and once the itis post-launch is kind of set in. And what I found, my energy levels are up. It's improved my digestion. And as a result, I'm not only more efficient and productive in the most important time of the year for me and for the field of 68, but I'm working out more consistently. I just feel better. AG1 is so much more than just a greens powder. It's comprehensive health and the power of habit in one. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally could not be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of the AG1 formula with water, and I drink it every single afternoon. Done. Just like that. I also like that it only costs $3 a day. The price is right. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is the answer. They are giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Free! Just go to athleticgreens.com backslash field 68. That's athleticgreens.com backslash field 68. The link is in the description below. Check it out. Support the field of 68 and feel better about yourself. Back to the afters with Rob Doster, Jeff Goodman, Megan McEwen here. Guys, it's time for a game. It's Valentine's Day. And with it being Valentine's Day in this game we're about to play, the game is Dinner Roses Card Ghosted. We're going to name a couple categories. We're going to ask you, who are you going to take to dinner? Who are you making that great reservation for at the steak restaurant? You're ordering dessert. You're ordering a bottle of wine. It's all fancy dancy good times had. Who are you sending roses to? You know, not the full effort of the dinner, but, you know, you're going to make the effort to pay for, you know, maybe a dozen roses to send on their way to surprise your secret someone. A card, because that's the cheap option. Actually, that's a lie, because the cheapest option is the last option, which are you just going to ghost? Who are you ghosting out here on this Valentine's Day? So let's start with the Blue Bloods. And for this practice, our Blue Bloods are going to be Duke, UNC, Kentucky, Wisconsin. We know they're not a Blue Blood, but you know, for all intents and purposes, they are tonight. Who called them a Blue Blood? It was the... It was on a CBS uh, sports graphic the other day, um, and we posted it and said Wisconsin's not a blue blood. And I think that was the most viral tweet that we've had this month. Like it, it ended up getting like five thousand retweets or something like that. We like clicks, and so they're now a blue blood for for our Valentine's Day. So that being said, um, you know, Rob Doster, we'll start with you. Who so, are you taking to dinner? 
Who am I taking to dinner? I'm taking I'm taking John Shire and Duke to yeah. dinner. Yeah, he probably um, doesn't want to go to dinner with you, but yeah, he does. He definitely doesn't want to go to dinner with you. But I'm taking him. That's what I'm doing. Got um, no choice. Yeah, he's got no choice in this uh, in this game. Um, no, but I I just think I think that they still have room to grow. I think that we're starting to see um, them kind of develop into the best version of themselves. And I do think it's really important to note that if that foul gets called correctly at the end of the Virginia game and Kyle Filipowski makes one of two free throws, we're talking about a Duke team that has won five of their last six. One of those wins, North Carolina at home, another one of those wins on the road at UVA, who everybody thinks is the best team in the conference. And I think we would have a very different, uh, the metrics and the numbers and all that wouldn't be all that different. We'd have a very different vibe about what this program is in this moment. Um, I'm giving roses to to Cal and Kentucky. I, I still just think that they are, they're close, right? I still think that there's, enough on that team where if they get things going in the right direction, they can get in the tournament. And that's a team where if you get in the tournament and you get a right matchup, they might be able to make a second weekend. I would not be surprised to see them as like a nine seed win a game and then pull off an upset against like Houston or something like that. Like, would you really be that shocked if that ended up happening this year? I don't think anybody would. So I'm going to give roses to Kentucky. I'm going to give a card to North Carolina. I, I just, I wish I could ghost them. I got to ghost Wisconsin just because, like, I can't accept this idea that Wisconsin is a blue blood, and I think that that team is – my eyes bleed every time I watch them play. Um, So I'm going to give a card to to North Carolina because if I write something that's just nice enough in that card, right, if I just have the right couple of words that I string together, then maybe everybody on that team will like each other again. That's why I'm going to give them a card. And maybe your card will hopefully bring together some players on UNC. I, I like where your thought process, where your head's at there. Jeff Trying, Goodman, man. I'm doing what, what I got. can. Yeah, I mean, you got to go dinner with Duke right now. I mean, that's that's clear. Um, like Rob said, they win that game against Virginia. They got tonight. They're probably you're probably talking about them having an outside shot at a, at a four seed. Okay, I have a quick question. I know you. I know you know Shire really well. You've known him for probably 25 years at this point. Where are you taking Shire to dinner? Oh, he, he needs like a good glass of wine. Like he needs, you know, a good. Is he, he's one of those fancy schmancy. Deal like, kind of yeah. Guys. He's like an Italian, you know, what's, what's a good Italian place in, in Chicago, Megan. Like if he does... Gibson's Italia. Yeah. Yeah. He'd yeah, be a Gibson's Italia. Like if it doesn't have multiple Michelin, Michelin stars, Shire can't, can't mess with it. Yeah, I mean, come on. He's is he one of those guys that like swirls his wine seventeen times and I has to think, sniff it? Yeah. Night? yeah, you think Shire's that guy? Yes, I can see yes. it. No doubt, no He's doubt. Duke guy, of course. Um, I'd go roses for Carolina, just because they've done it before. The only thing I'd say is I just saw two games ago. Caleb Love look awesome. Look like the Caleb Love we 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 want to see all the time. Now I know he wasn't great last night, but but I saw it. I think it's there. And again, if they get in, hey, listen, they did it. Maybe they can find that magic again. Uh, Kentucky, card, and uh, only because I think they got work to do now and every game they could lose. Legitimately, you look at almost every game in the schedule, Kentucky could lose and obviously ghosting Wisconsin. What are you laughing at, Rob? The the funniest comment I've ever seen in the chat came in. It said, this is Goodman. Goodman, this is a quote from Walt Harris. I'm going to give the deed to my house to Sean Miller. I'm going to give my Ford Pinto to Sean Miller. 
I'm going to make dinner for Sean Miller. I'm going to give <laughs> Doster a Sharpie to color with. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, man. What, what do you got, Megan? Oh, um, man. I'm with you guys. We're going, we're taking Duke to dinner. Yep. Enough said. Um, You know what? I'm going to really jive things up here. Uh, I'm going to give some roses to Wisconsin because they beat Michigan tonight. And, yeah. uh, you know. Post game fracas. Big Ten bias right there. Oh Big no, it, it's a hundred percent a Big Ten bias, and that's what I was about to say next. Is the Big Ten bias is going to come out? I'm going to give a little love to to the Badgers. I'm going to uh, give a card to Kentucky because I think they they played well at times. Um, I'm a really good hosting Carolina. Wow, I really do not enjoy watching the Tar Heels play most of the time. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, I really don't. I don't enjoy this team. Like. I can't stand watching Caleb Love take 27 shots and they're bad shots. Um, it they're really frustrating for me to watch. So just I, they're ghosted by me. All right. All you right. have nothing nice to say. Don't say anything at all. Somebody somebody once said, "Let's go to teams trending down." All right. So your options here are Rutgers, Kansas State, Iowa State, Clemson. Good. We'll go reverse snake. So this, I want to make sure I get it right here, because um, so I'm I'm taking to dinner the team that I like that I that I still feel the best about. Yeah, has, yeah, has yeah, yeah. Turned, right. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Kansas State okay. still for dinner, just because I feel like they've got two dudes. You know, like we talked about Noel. I know he's small, but they got Noel and Keontae, two mm-hmm. dudes. And and a coach with a ton of energy, um, so I'll go Kansas State there. Uh, I will go Roses to Iowa State. Um, they they went to Sweet Sixteen last year. Totally different team, but they're tough as shit. Now Rutgers is too, so it's it's tough to tell a difference. Iowa State and Rutgers line them up. It's like same deal. They're gonna kill you. Like yeah. they're neither one could score at a great clip, but they're tough. And Clemson, I'm gonna ghost. I, I just I'm still not sold on Clemson. Yeah, you gotta ghost Clemson. I don't know how you don't ghost Clemson at this point. Um, and I think you're one hundred percent correct. You gotta take Kansas State to dinner because the two best players in this entire conversation, right? With all due respect to PJ Hall, with all due respect to Paul Mulcahy. With all due respect on whoever you want to say is the best player on Iowa State, I don't know if there is a best player. I think that they're just a program, right? I think the two best players in this conversation are Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson. And I think I would also make the argument that the best coach in this conversation is probably Jerome Tang. Oh, see, I disagree with that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to fight you on that because he's still three quarters of the way of of his first year. Okay. I mean that that's that's a preposterous statement. I, I'm taking Steve Peichel, honestly, when we're looking at this. Group. How is like, it a preposterous Peichel? statement? Because he's three quarters of the way through the year, and you just, like, anointed him as John Wooden. I did. <laughs> okay. That That is absolutely not what I did. <laughs> you were like, he's no, the, by that far. That's not what I did. I like, anointed a guy that whose career at Iowa State is encapsulated by a year where he went, he's sitting at 7-5 and five in the Big 12 and a year where he went 7-11 in the Big 12. A guy that's a coach at Rutgers. Right. And a guy who up until this season was probably going to end up getting fired. Like if he doesn't get in the tournament, he's going to get fired. Okay. It's not, 
It's not a crazy thing to say that I think Jerome Tang might be the best coach out of that group. You want to say Steve Peichel? That's fine. I'm not going to push you back on it. Um, it's the middle. Like, picking between Rutgers and Iowa State is, like, it's the same thing. It's like picking your favorite brand of spinach, right? You're not going to love either answer. You're not going to hate either answer. But if you put a little bit of salt on it and you saute it up just right. like some could mayo. You, could you put some fun. mayo on it, Rob? Why would you put mayo on spinach? <laughs> How do you put mayo on everything? That no, I put mayo on sandwiches, and sometimes I like to use it. By as the a way, what on a what brand mayo do you use? So, uh, I tend <laughs> to stick to like the Hellman's light mayo. Just okay. you know, you kind of the, the health, healthy. healthy option, you know, the, yeah, healthy the healthy option, option of mayo. Yeah, healthy. healthy option. Rob's splurging though. Hellman's that's the expensive kind. Maybe. No, Duke's is the expensive kind. What See, is du- Duke's is the Duke's yeah, is the you one. don't you don't know anything. Could have been just you don't you can't talk mayo if you don't yeah. if you're not big in the mayo. Yeah. Duke's mayo, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. you don't know what you're talking about with mayo. So I've had Hellman's. Wait, my, wait until we get to the catch up conversation and just kind of sit down. All right. <laughs> um, wait. So who? So who are you giving a card to then? Whoever, like, we'll go. I'll give a card to Rutgers because I'm in the state of New Jersey, and then I'll give uh, give roses to uh, to Iowa State. Okay, cool. Um, I'm taking Kansas State to dinner as well. I'm giving roses to Rutgers because I've been on record saying they're my favorite team in the Big Ten, and I just love the way they defend. Love Steve Peichel, Big Ten bias coming out there. Giving right. a card to Iowa State, and I'm ghosting Clemson with you all 100% on that one. Hottest team in the country. You've got. Hold on, real quick. Marshall in the chat just said, I wouldn't be surprised if Doster snuck mayo onto his ketchup bagels. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. We we, we ignored the most the, the most foul of Doster's eating habits. No, it, it wasn't. It is. It is. Wait, foul. you put ketchup on your bagels? No, no, no. Okay, Megan, one, Megan. no. He, he puts ketchup on cinnamon raisin bagels. What? No. What? No. Is that true? Megan. Don't listen to these idiots. It is true. It is true. I will put ketchup on a bacon, egg, and cheese. On a cinnamon oh, bagel. Still, I'm no. very anti-ketchup on eggs. I don't I will, understand. I will it. put ketchup on a bacon, egg, and cheese. Okay. And I'll if that's sauce. on like a, if that's on a croissant, if that's on a plain bagel, if that's on a salt bagel, if that's on a cinnamon raisin bagel, Can I'm going to put ketchup again, please, for me. Croissant. <laughs> Yeah, they ain't letting you into France if you're going to put ketchup on. <laughs> or if they hear him say croissant. Yeah, croissant. croissant. And they croissant. Like That's pretty there. good. That's how you say it. Croissant. Great job. Great job. That's so nasty. Oh, my gosh. I, I, don't, I don't know if Ben Ben from Kentucky is being serious in the chat, but he just said Miracle Whip and banana sandwiches are amazing. I hope that's not true. Oh, God. Let's continue with the game because we're going to be here all night. If not. All right. This next one is brutal. This next one is the hardest one by far. Like the first two have been kind of easy. Yeah. This next one is awful, Megan. Well, who, who are you going to take to dinner? You want to read, read through who it is yet? Yeah, sorry, I oh, I was on my way and then we got caught up talking about um, ketchup on croissants. Um, <laughs> so nasty. Okay, Indiana, Creighton, Miami, Baylor. This is uh, honestly awful. It's like picking between all my, you know, if I had four kids that Children. I liked before. Uh, luckily, I only have one kid, and most of the time I love them. Um, <laughs> I would say uh, I'll start with Baylor um, because of the guards. Okay. Three guards. I don't, you know, defensively, they're not great, but 
you know, neither is the next team. So I'll take Baylor to dinner. Plus, I know Scott Drew is going to pick up the check. So uh, I'm going to take Baylor to dinner. Um, I think the next one, I think I'm going to go Creighton. And again, tough one. After they lost tonight. Yeah. Roses to Creighton. They've won eight in a row before tonight. Nobody wins at Providence at the dunk. Um, I just, I love their starting five. Indiana next, um, giving a card to. Man, like, I love Trace. Like, I got to say, like, I enjoy watching that kid play so much right now. He is just a man-child out there. And he's playing really well right now. Oh, and it's like the confidence, the toughness, Mm -hmm. all of it, the athleticism we've seen. Um, Yeah, and then, honestly, Miami, who I I said earlier today in a show with Dagali, I think there's an outside chance they could go to a Final Four this year. I think they're, they're, they're older. They've got really good guards. And I think Jordan Miller might be as underrated as any player in the country. I guess I'm ghosting poor Jim Laranega. Which is wild because that's who I'm taking to dinner. Because really? I love you some Jim Laranega. I love the balance of Miami. I think that they've been just like really good from the get-go in the ACC. Um, I'm taking him to dinner. Plus, I mean, like who doesn't want to hang out with Jim Laranega? I'm giving roses. Like your grandfather. That's who you're taking out for dinner. He's from, he was at George Mason when I lived in DC. So, you know, I, I was rooting for him on that, that run to the final four. Um, roses giving him to Indiana because Trace Jackson Davis. And I will say this, and I'm pleasantly surprised. I have never been really high on Trace Jackson Davis. I, I did not like his motor or lack thereof. Um, I thought he he would pick and choose when he wanted to play hard. You're and, right. Yes, and, you're, you're 100%. And, and it really, it bothered me because, you know, there's so much hype surrounding him. And, and I don't like when you're not playing hard. Like, if you're going to have all this hype to you, you got to back right. it up. And I think this year, something's clicked. And now he's going hard. And he's, you know, getting double doubles. He's putting up monster numbers. Uh, I, I'm pretty high on him right now, which I'm surprised to be saying because I've been very low on him for a long time, but I'm giving, I'm giving Trace Jackson Davis and Indiana some roses. I'm going to give Baylor a card because, you know, they deserve a card and only because this was really hard category. I'm going to go Creighton because they lost tonight. Okay. All right. Um, so mine, I'm going to, I'm, I'm taking Creighton to dinner. Uh, I just, I think that the combination of Ryan Nemhard and Trey Alexander are just, it's such a damn good backcourt. Then you have Baylor Shireman at the three who can do all of the passing stuff and all the shooting stuff that you want. Um, Arthur Kaluma might end up being the best NBA prospect on that team at the four. And you got Ryan Kalkbrenner at the five that they are out of this group of teams. Uh, I think the best suited to make a deep run in March because they have great guards. Uh, they can score offensively and they are really, really good on the defensive end of the floor. Um, the best combination of those two things. I'm going to give roses to Indiana. Uh, and I mean, you guys mentioned trace, but for me, the biggest thing is you get Xavier Johnson back. Yep. You yep. got Jalen Hutchifino. All of a sudden you have two guys that can kind of be lead guards. You have two guys that can play off the bounce. Um, two guys that are six, five and six, six, I believe uh, Trey Galloway, great role player. Tamar Bates knocks down shots. Miller cop knocks down shots. Race Thompson knows his job, knows his role. Jordan Geronimo knows his role. Like you have role players in there that can kind of do a job around 
maybe the best player in the country over the course of the last month and two really good guards. So I'm uh, I'm giving roses to Indiana. Um, I'm going to give a card to Baylor. Uh, the biggest reason I'm giving a card to Baylor, we've seen Scott Drew win a national title, right? Yeah. Um, love their guards. And I think that the return of Jonathan Chanwachachwa makes me – a little bit more bullish on the idea that they can be improved defensively. They're, they're the best offense in college basketball right now. They rank outside the top 75 in, in defense. I just, I mean, Scott, you had to go all the way back to his one, one, three zone, that junk zone that he ran out there when he had like the Isaiah Austin teams that just did not play any defense. The Perry Jones teams that play no defense. We saw that again on Monday night. Um, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give a card to Baylor because I think they have the best chance to defend and like, I hate doing this because I really like this Miami team. And I think you're right, Jeff. Like, I think they could be a final four team, but I got to ghost them. Like, I just, I I don't know. They got worse defensively from what they were last year. But at the same time, like, Jim Laranaga just finds way to, like, he wins in March. It's it's brutal. It's brutal picking against any of those four teams. But (coughs) I think I have to go with Miami fourth. I hate myself for it, though. I love you, Jim. That's my job is to make these questions good here. No, this yeah. that one was awful. Yeah, that one. Okay, well, coach of the year, guys. Matt Painter, Shaka Smart, Randy Bennett, Nate Oates. Um, you want me to go first? Yeah, you can go first. I'll go quick. I'll go quick on this. Um, dinner, Bill Self, Hall of Famer, one of the best. That wasn't even an option. Oh, I, oh, we didn't do Bill Self. No, he's not on the list. Painter, Painter You're just Oates. making stuff up now. Just made it play up. The, play the game, Goodman. <laughs> I had it written down already. Sorry. Who was the fourth? Painter, Oates, Shotgun, who? And Randy, Randy Bennett. Bennett. All right, Randy Bennett. Got it. Thanks for listening, Goodman. Sorry. Thanks for paying attention. All right. Dinner, Painter. Um, maybe not a Hall of Famer. I know people hammer him a little bit uh, because he can't get to the big one. What I will say is nobody does it cleaner than than Matt Painter and and has been at the highest level. And and if damn Robbie Hummel didn't get hurt, he probably would have made a, a final. Hummel doesn't get hurt. He has a national title on his resume. Sorry, right, I Robbie, agree. I love you. I agree. He's got a national yep. title. Robbie Hummel doesn't get hurt. Uh really, he's and look, real quick, just one one note on that. He's it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. he's too good of a coach to not like every, every coach in America is the guy that can't win the big one until they win the big one. Right. Yep. We said the same shit about Mark few before that. We said the same shit about bill self before that. You said the same thing about Jim Calhoun before that. You said the same thing about Lou Olson. Like it's right. going to happen. You just yep. need enough chances in the NCAA tournament. Yep. Uh, roses, Randy Bennett. Yeah. Um, he's such a good coach. He, he does not get the credit he deserves at all. If you've been in Moraga and St. Mary's, it's freaking amazing what that dude has done there. Coaching. Like, going to one of his practices is, the, like, the best thing. I went to one right before the pandemic hit. I was out there doing a game. And I remember sitting there just being like, I wish everybody could experience this. He's just how he handles his players, uh, the skill level that these guys have. Um, he doesn't overcoach. He doesn't jump them. He just teaches really well. Um, card, Nate Oates. Um, and, and I hate to do this with Shaka, but I'm going to ghost poor Shaka. My my four was exactly yours. Exact same. 
just with Matt Painter, I do want to add what I love about Matt Painter is the fact that he is set on, I am recruiting players. I want to come here for four years. I'm not going to recruit one done guys. And it has been a recipe for success. And in this day and age, that you don't see that anymore. You just he don't. To his principles. He, he does. He doesn't a, alter. He doesn't sell out. Yeah, never. I I love that, and I think it's really important. Um, and you know, same thing. Like when you go, like he's tough on his guys, and, and they don't Coach really transfer. Yeah. He coaches them. I mean, like some of them do, but like the great ones stay. Yep. And he has been so damn consistent. I, I'm just. I think he's one of the best. And we're not like necessarily, we don't see as many Matt painters anymore and there needs to be more of them in the game. Rob. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take Matt painter dinner. I just, you know, no one had Purdue as anything close to a big 10 contender. No one had Zach Eady as anything close to a national player of the year. No one had that backcourt as being good enough to, to help Purdue win a big 10. And it looks like that's all that stuff's going to happen. So, uh, I'm going to give it to to Matt Painter. I'm going to take him to dinner. And you're right about Randy Bennett. Like he's on pace to win the WCC. We all thought Gonzaga was a top three team coming into the season. He's got a freshman point guard. Randy Bennett's going to win the, and the WCC. Resources, like. The resources yeah. of St. Mary's compared to Gonzaga. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I get all that, but like, I just, yeah. Randy Bennett to me, I'm taking him to dinner. Um, I'm going to uh, give a card to Shaka Smart because I mean, Marquette was picked ninth in the Big East this season. And right now they're sitting in first place. If they beat Xavier tomorrow, then they are going to be all alone in first place at the inside track to win the Big East. And I gotta I hate doing it. I gotta ghost Nate Oates. I thought Alabama. Tell him. I might text well, I mean, him right now that you're ghosting on Valentine's. I mean, yeah, he's gonna be like, What the fuck are you talking about, Goodman? Why would you text me something this weird? Like he's not gonna understand it. But I mean, they've done a great job. They're the number one team in the country, but like we kind of had some expectations for him coming in. So that's uh that's the way it works. There you have it. Um, well, great job, everybody. Dagan, we have any questions in the chat from tonight? Of course, we have we have questions in the chat. And there's been I got I got to do it because we didn't talk about him in the game. We wanted to include him, but obviously we we, we did this. But uh, talk about Pitt. Obviously, been a team that's been on the rise. Capel probably could have been the conversation coach of the year. Pitt could have been the conversation for team of the year. Just your thoughts yep. on the Panthers so far this year. And obviously today got a big well I got I guess a big win over Boston College. It's not. Pitt, They're all in first I mean. place in the ACC right now, right? <laughs> it's a win's a win for Pitt. However, you get a win right now in the ACC, it, it's it's one step closer to to Jeff Capel probably locking down a contract extension after being uh, fired. Most of us had him fired going into the year, and uh, and they're gonna. I mean, what are they right now in our in, in our? Uh, they got to be a nine maybe at this point. Right now, uh, yeah. they are sitting at ten. Yeah, so they right might have moved up. You know, they're nine, yeah. ten right now. So they, they every win, and it's not just the win. It's if you lose at home to Boston College, that kills you. That puts you very close to the bubble if you lose. They, look, I, I think we're look. They're they're all alone in first place in the ACC right now. The Pittsburgh Panthers, amazing in in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three, on February fourteenth on yeah. Valentine's Day. They are all alone in first place in the yeah. ACC. It, it, it's amazing. And here's the craziest part. Who do we think was going to be their best player this season, Jeff? Uh, John Hughley, and he hasn't yeah. played at all. Yeah. He played, I don't know, five games. And who did we think was going to be maybe their second best player? D.R. Johnson. 
Oh yeah, I I, I completely forgot about him. I think forgot that he that. existed. Like think about and that. and they started out. They lost three of their first four games. Yeah. yeah so no, they're Jeff sitting Capel, here. Jeff Capel's yeah. done an incredible job. Incredible. Yeah, they won eighteen of their last twenty-two games, all alone in first place in the WCC. And I think I remember we had Mac on talking about it once. I think it was after the when they won at North Carolina, and he basically said like, you know, with Jeff Capel teams like. They're going to show up and they're going to be tough enough to win the fight. Like you don't have to worry about that. He's, he's got tough dudes. He is a tough dude. He coaches a tough program. And the difference this year is he's actually got like dudes that can go out and get a bucket, whether it's Blake Hinson or uh, uh, who's the kid from uh, Wichita state from Texas tech, a blank on his name. Burton. Yeah. Jamarius Burton. Like he's got, he's actually got players. Like he's yep. got guys that can get him a bucket this year. So it's, you know, I, I'm not convinced that they're more than like a team that can maybe get in the tournament and maybe win a game, but Whatever. considering Which what they wild were. you're saying that about yeah. the team that's leading the ACC right now, by yes. the way. And here's what they got the rest of the season. At Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech at home, Syracuse at home, at Notre Dame, at Miami. Like, they wow. could win all five of those games and no one would be surprised. You're probably looking at like four and one. Yeah. But still, that four and one, that might be enough to get you a share of the ACC regular season title. Wow. What's impressive too what they've done on the road. Like look, at the time when this happened, they blew out Northwestern on the road, but that's now looking like a hell of a win on their resume. You mm-hmm. beat NC State on the road. You beat Syracuse on the road. I mean, you beat George right. Tech, Cuba, but they're still league road wins. North Carolina on the road. And Florida, like you're this is a team. They've done a really nice job building all this together when no one was freaking talking about him. Like you said, Jeff Capel was on the hot seat coming into the season. Yep. Yep. Dagan. All right, uh, next one. Uh, Goodman, I'm going to ask you this one. So, Dalster and Megan are not allowed to answer this one. Just you, Goodman. If Megan and Rob play a game of one-on-one to 11, how bad does Megan beat Dalster? <laughs> I mean, I think, like, questions? I think Dalster probably gets, I think it's like 11-7. That's think, fair. Yeah. yeah I, think that's, I don't play defense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dustin would get so frustrated. He'd try to back you down. He'd try to bully you, but not a post player. He's so soft. Not a post player. (laughs) Not a post player. Uh, How tall are you? Megan, you're what, like 5'7? 5'8. 5'8? Yeah. Like I'd be able to get my shot off. That's the only thing. The shots are going down. I don't stand a chance. The shot off, it wouldn't make it anywhere near the hoop. (laughs) That's not. Get a high hand on the contest. (laughs) All right. We're moving on to this question. All right. Uh, Marshall wants to know what backcourts you guys are endorsing in March. Baylor. Baylor. Miami. Let me bring up uh, the top so we can kind of roll through it. Um, I love Alabama's backcourt in March. I know that that's – I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but I just love what Mark Sears provides. Um, I love the combination of Jaden Bradley and Javon Quinterly. I I love their backcourt. Really like Creighton's as well. You know who I think we're kind of sleeping on a little bit? Texas. Their guards. Yeah, but Marcus Carr still scares me that he might have one of those games. And, and Tyrese Hunter can't really shoot it. I don't know. I, I We'll see with Texas. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Um, How about TCU? Yeah. Mike Mike Miles, Ball. Damian Ball. Yeah. I mean, they got a chance to be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I would say Baylor's is a notch above everybody's. I like Xavier, Sule yes. Boom, and Kobe Jones to me. That was the next one I was going to say. I freaking love those two dudes because, again, 
you got two guys that are like versatile, versatile guards. Um, Baylor, Baylor's are like every time Flagler and Cryer shoot the ball, I think it's going in every time. They have they have three guys, and you know every night two of them are going to get hot. Right, right. They and, just and, they just don't play any defense. Here's one for you, little off the radar. Tell me what you guys think about this. I said this uh, the other day. I think I said it on DTF. NC State. Yeah, if you're looking for yeah, like, like a sleeper that. team that can make a deep run. I know they lost today to Syracuse, but they have two guards that can get you 25 on any given night, and they play that kind of pressure try to turn you over kind of a style of defense that can be a little bit tough on like a two-day turnaround when you're trying to prep for them. I was going to say, I like Houston's backcourt as well. I love them. I love them. I love them. Like, that's why I think Houston wins the whole thing. Sasser. Three, three guards. They're experienced. Shed they defend. The tournament. They, they guard. They, you know, Sasser can play either spot, Marcus size. Shed was the guy who led him last year in the tournament. I, I love Houston. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, I think no matter who's in their bracket, I'm probably just going to pick Houston to win the whole thing. Wow. Damn. All right. Our final question, and I'll let you guys get to toasts. Uh, our guy, David Bentley, wants to know how many ACC jobs will be open at the end of the season, over or under two and a half? Ooh. Over or under two and a half? Um, I here here's the thing to me. Well, there's already one, mm-hmm. right? So. so basically, you got to have two more. Passner, yes, I think that's two. I don't think there's another one that. Well, I mean, again, Bayheim, we'll see, and like, you know, there's some guys that could move. Uh, you know, Brad Brunell is an interesting one because before the season, it was basically getting the tournament or bust for Brad. But I wonder if Graham Neff, their AD, if he's like, you know, one of the final two that don't make it. Like, Graham's a good dude. I don't know if he fires Brad Burnell if he gets that close to getting in. I'll go. So is he saying changes or firings? Because there's a difference. Openings. 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 Yeah. I'll go over because I think there can be some movement with some of those other, you know, again, Leonard. I know he told somebody that that he's coming back for sure, but who knows? With Leonard, with again Bayheim, with uh, uh, you know, does does Steve Forbes try to jump somewhere? I don't if know. Miami makes the Final Four. Does Larinaga say, "Hey, you know what? I'm 75 years old. It might be time for me to hang him up." Does Jeff Capel try to get out of Pittsburgh? You know, like I would, like Chris Collins is a, is a great example of this too, guys. You know, like if you're Chris Collins and you go to the NCAA tournament this year, Megan, do you do you leave Northwestern because you're still potentially going to deal with some of the same issues you have over the last couple of years? And are you ever going to fully satisfy the fan? Are you ever going to completely get off the, the hot seat? Northwestern, I'm going to just say right here, it's the hardest, one of the hardest jobs in the country. Agreed. You can't get anybody into school, and you're expected to compete in the Big Ten, and you're basically playing with Did one arm behind in? your back. Didn't you get into school? Somehow, they let me in. Somehow. You got to take that ACT a couple of times, you know, carry the one. Uh, but that being said, it's, it's the hardest job in America. And, I mean, look at the fact that Chris Collins took Northwestern to the NCAA tournament for the first time ever. The fact that 
Pat Fitzgerald has won multiple Big Ten West championships football. The fact that Joe McEwen's won a Big Ten title on the women's side. Like, Northwestern's not supposed to do that, but yet these coaches have done it with the odds against them. It's a hard job, um, and nothing would surprise me at at the end of the year. But Chris Collins has done a hell of a job this season with with a lot of people not wanting him to do well. And it's been really cool to see him just – defensively it's a fun team to watch no right in the cat's heart the moment the moment with his son did you see it after the game uh, mm-hmm. how I great mean, was that it was all, criteria? It, was, it mattered you know what like people don't realize it like because you know it's really easy to see a coach is just like whatever you're gonna blast off all this hate on social media kids see it yeah. you know and like kids on campus are hearing it they're chanting that shit at games and so what a special moment for for ryan oh, and have you ever come close to yelling at anybody in the stands or anything like that you have have you done it yeah pardon have you ever done it no no I've never done it because I've been taught to take the high road but it's hard like because it's just a different side that people don't see um and it's hard you know it's really easy to sit there behind your screen and say this person sucks but that's a family it's how they're putting dinner on the table for their family um so, yeah, I mean, look, the Collins are great people. And I, like I said, Chris has done a fantastic job this year. So it's been it's been fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. All right, I have one final thing before we go to toasts. 227 people watching the show, 49 likes. We get to 100 likes and chat. You've been obsessed with them for two nights in a row now. We'll give you Dulcer's eyebrows. Close up for, for, for the end of the show. <laughs> Got an eyebrow fetish? <laughs> They think oh. my eyebrows look weird. They think, they, they, I don't know. The chat's obsessed with Dulcer's eyebrows. So hit 100 likes and we'll give you Dulcer's eyebrows before we go. Your eyebrows are that weird? What's wrong with them? I don't know. I have no idea. They're, they're like the most. The, the, the chat has been obsessed with them for two straight days. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So we'll give them what they want if they hit 100 likes. Now I'm going to start looking at it when I, when I see <laughs> it this weekend. I'm going to be looking at your damn eyebrows. To get a little I think it's just the camera. I mean, I don't think they look. I don't. I have no idea. Like I've never, heard, literally, have never heard anybody Has say anybody ever mean, commented in your eyebrows before. No, never, never good, never bad, never positive, never <laughs> negative. I think literally, I didn't even realize I had like weird eyebrows. Bad. I don't know. I mean, you don't have a unibrow by any means. No, no, you're definitely not Anthony Davis. Davis. Yeah. No. Yuli, right. I am also not in a pissy toast. mood. So, relax. <laughs> All right, you can do toasts. Toast. All right. I'm going to start out, make it easy here. Jalen, Mr. 41, pick it. Ah, we didn't get to talk about the Big Ten tonight. I know. We're going to hit on Jalen Pickett right now. What a shame. What a shame. I got a a fun fact for you, Goodman. So Mm -hmm. Penn State, heading into tonight, uh, had the longest drought in the NCAA between 40-point scores. Last time someone scored 40 points for Penn State was 1961. 62 wow. years ago. Where did you get this? Stat? Do you know who currently has the longest drought between 40 point scores? I do not. Who? Megan, do you know? Northwestern. Northwestern. Last time <laughs> I had a 40 point score was 1964. That makes sense. Yep. I'm surprised, John. I'm surprised. Uh, I'm surprised my guy, John Sherna, didn't break that at some point. He probably had 30. I bet Sherna had like 32 or 30. Yeah, like right there underneath. That's yep. a that's a fun fact though. Okay, that's cheers. A good Jalen fact, Pickett. right? Cheers, yeah. cheers, cheers to uh, Jalen Pickett. All right, are you? Do you want to go next, Megan? Um, I can go next. That's fine. Yeah, go I'm gonna ahead. Give, go next. I'm gonna go to the mid major, and since it's Valentine's Day, give a shout out to my fiance, Patrick Wallace. 
Loyola Chicago got a big win on the road at UMass. We'll take everything we can get, especially road wins in the A-10. Go Ramblers. <laughs> I would uh, I would like to correct you on one thing. Mm. What? The Atlantic 10 has not a mid-major conference. You can't call it a mid-major. Atlantic 10 is not a mid-major conference. What, what, what are we officially calling it? Not a mid-major. Not a mid. <laughs> I know. You know what, though? What's funny is that, like, you know, dad was at George Washington for 19 years, and he always said not a mid-major conference. <laughs> See? Mm-hmm. It's not a mid-major. You didn't listen to him. Yeah, you should have listened. It, it didn't no. stick. No. It didn't listen stick. That's the kind problem. of thing you got to pay attention to. That's that's the one thing. You don't you don't listen to everything sometimes when you're a daughter. Uh, yes, I know that. Selective listening. Yeah, I'm going through that right now with my three-year-old, Megan. Trust me, it's not. Just you wait. She's going to be calling the A10 a mid-major conference. (laughs) She's going to be doing a lot worse than that. I can probably tell you that. Um, All right, so my toast of the night is going to go out to uh, one Grady Dick, 26 points, uh, four and nine from three. If he's going to play this way, uh, you know, we said it before. I think that makes. Kansas, a uh, much more dangerous team. I think it makes them a much uh, more national title favorite, national title threat. So um, shout out to Grady Dick. Make sure you go and check out our merch store. We have I Heart Dick t-shirts in our merch store, which is a perfect gift for somebody. If you've forgotten Valentine's Day. Hey, you're right now, it's like, how did I get on this day. show? How did I get on this? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And I got my I- wife an I Heart Dick shirt. She likes it. She modeled it. She modeled yeah. it. Maybe. That is true. She, she did. It. She did model it. That is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does she say about your eyebrows? <laughs> Literally nothing ever, <laughs> ever. You know nothing this is never. This is never going away now, boss. You know that. Right? No, no. <laughs> it's sticking. It's the, it's the strangest thing I've ever heard. Chat. Chat, chat. never forgets. Trust me. I know that. I know that better than anybody. I think Yuli never forgets. <laughs> All right. All right. Don't right. do it. Field we're, of out. we're out. We're out. Field of 68 after dark. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Rob Doster, Jeff Goodman, Megan. Mc- Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.